listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I wanted to focus on this thought about kingdom culture, not conforming to an antichrist culture. Many Christians are. Many Christians are doing that, but not us. But I'm going to give you three signs today that you may not have fully conformed to kingdom culture, that maybe you're still operating in an antichrist culture and mindset. And it's a slippery slope because... There's many Christians that right now, they don't even realize they are. Lisa Lamb, good to see you. They don't even realize they are. They're they're literally thinking, I'm walking in Christ's power, his agenda, his love, and the actions they're taking are actually anti-Christ actions, not Christ-like actions, anti-Christ actions. And it's mind-blowing to me. You'd think people would just... uh, recognize this stuff. There's my good friend, evangelist Ankit Rambabu. Good to see you, buddy. I love you. Glad to see you on. I hope you're still in the States so I can see you when I get back home. It's a mighty man of God and a great preacher. And I'm telling you, there's people all over the world that think they're operating in kingdom culture and they're not. So I wanted you to go with me today and this is what I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to show you three things from the word that define what kingdom culture looks like, what your actions should look like. If you will define everything you do through the lens of these three things, you'll always be in Christ's plan. You'll always be in God's agenda. You'll not ever slip over into the anti-Christ culture, anti-Christ agenda, even without knowing it. You won't. If you'll define everything that you do through these three things, what we're going to call this lens of kingdom culture, then you'll not miss it. You'll never miss it. And this is, this is very key. That's encouraging, Caitlin. That shows you God's on to something. He's trying to tell the body of Christ something. She said, Pastor Brian Tomes is doing a series on this right now. I didn't even know that. But that shows us that God's speaking to his people, wants us to understand what we should be doing and how we should be conducting ourselves in the kingdom. A lot of people making mistakes. A lot of people doing things they think Christ would do. He'd never do them. He would never do them. Good to see Rohan. And so I want to start, if you have your Bible, in Romans chapter 12. This is very important. This is the foundational baseline of this entire thought. Foundational baseline of this entire thought, Romans chapter 12. And uh, I want you to catch this with me. Now, Paul writing to the church in Rome. I'm going to read you two or three verses, maybe even four. But let's read at least three. Listen to the first verse, and we'll read down through the third verse. That's Romans 12, 1 through 3. Catch this. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable 
to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now look at verse two, because it's so important. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, that by testing, you might discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now let's go to verse three. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And so there's a lot of things in just those three verses. First of all, I want you to understand this. Number one, your body is not your body. (laughs) That's a huge thing to get as a Christian from the beginning. My body is not my body. For the Bible says that you've been bought with a price and you are not your own. It means you don't belong to yourself. Jesus purchased you with his own precious blood. So number one, I want you to write in the comments, my body is not my body. My body is not my body. (laughs) If you're a Christian, you know this. There's no such thing as a Christian as saying, my body, my choice. No, your body is not your body if you're a Christian. The Bible says it, it was purchased by the blood of Jesus. And then number two, it is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So two things that we need to recognize. Jesus bought me. The Holy Ghost lives in me. (laughs) Jesus bought me. The Holy Ghost lives in me. This isn't my body. I'm only a steward of this, not the owner. I'm the steward, not the owner. The steward, not the owner. This body that you see sitting in front of you on this live stream belongs to Jesus. That's why I'm not allowed to just do anything I want with my body because it's not mine to do that with. That's why it's wrong for me to just go out and do whatever I want with my body because what I'm doing is taking my body, which is literally Christ's property, and then going and doing something else that he never assigned me to do with it. So I present my body as a living sacrifice. Amen. Why does it say that? Well, You know, in the Old Testament, a sacrifice had to be killed. (laughs) You'd lay it on the altar and you'd kill it. But I'm a living sacrifice. And what did Paul say? I die daily. I die daily. Which means every day I have to sacrifice my will to God. Every day I sacrifice my desires to God. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, I put my body under on a daily basis so that after having preached to others, I don't become a castaway or a reprobate, one translation said, so that I don't become disqualified. And so I understand that I don't belong to me. I belong to God. And if I, see, here's the, here's the sad thing. Jesus is not, and people don't, the, the, the sad thing is people don't understand this. Jesus is not just our savior as Christians. 
He's also, and more importantly, our Lord. There's a difference between a Savior and a Lord. A Savior just saves you. A Lord is in charge of you. I mean, think about that. A Savior only saves you. A Lord is in charge of you. You know, if I saved you from dying, if I saved you from a car hitting you, if I saved you from drowning in a river, that doesn't mean you have to obey what I say for the rest of your life. It just means I was your Savior. And that's the thing. There's a lot of people in the world that just want Jesus to save them like he's fire insurance, but they don't want to obey what he says. But that you don't get, you can't pick one or the other. If he's your savior, he's got to be your Lord or he's not really your savior. And so the problem is this, is that we look and say, my body, my choice, it's my life, I'll do what I want with it. No, you won't. Not if you belong to Jesus because he's the one who purchased you with his own precious blood. So what are we? A living sacrifice. Every day I sacrifice my life unto God. What is that? It's the prayer of consecration. Jesus prayed it. Not my will, but your will be done. Catch that. If you want to know how to be a living sacrifice, it's not, it's not complicated. It's very easy. It's literally just living a daily life of consecration. What does that mean? It's summed up in that one prayer by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. Put it in the comments. Not my will, but your will be done. That's consecration. Because there's a lot of things we would love to do that we're not gonna do. Good to see Kate Peniman on today. Love you. A lot of things we'd wanna do in the flesh, we're not gonna do. Why? Because not my will, but your will be done. There's a lot of things your flesh wants to do that it's not gonna be allowed to do because you gotta die daily and be a living sacrifice. Now look at this. It says it's your spiritual worship. Uh, now go to verse two. Do not be conformed to this world. So just with us understanding that, because he's commanding Christians to do this, that shows you it's possible for Christians to be conformed to this world. It's possible for Christians to be conformed to this world. I'm going to say this plainly and in love. I'm not saying it with a mean spirit or that I, I hate people. I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. But I'm going, to, I'm going to be very plain on this broadcast today. Very plain. If you, as a believer, go out and do things like march in a Black Lives Matter protest, you are being conformed to this world, conformed to this world. They are bending you to this world's system. Do I, do I believe in uh, you know, eradicating injustice? Absolutely. Do I believe that we should have uh, a world where there is no injustice? That's what we'd love. We'll never have it because there are sinners still living in this world, wicked people that will still do things that are unjust. Do we fight for it? Yes, we fight for it. We protect the innocent, all of those things. But when you start to realize that there are anti-Christ agendas behind groups like Black Lives Matter and other groups, not just them, other groups, 
when you start to take your Christian influence and use it to back up anti-Christ and secular causes, then you've been conformed to the image of this world or conformed to the world. And I know people will get mad that I said that, but I really don't care because I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to be scripturally correct. Let me, let me just break something down real quick. If you think that's what walking in love is, is that you march in a Black Lives Matter protest or put a black square on your Instagram feed or whatever that might be. Let me ask you a question. If you're trying to be more like Jesus, let me ask you a question. In the days Jesus lived, were the Jews not in severe persecution from the Romans, from Caesar, who was occupying Jerusalem? Were Jews not being killed? Were Jews not being crucified? Think about it. Were these things not happening? Was injustice not happening in Jesus' day? Of course it was. In fact, did you know that the disciples thought that the reason Jesus came was to overthrow Caesar and set up a new political system in the earth for the Jews. And he had to tell them, you don't even understand why I came. No, you can't leave, Lord. When are you going to set up your kingdom? No, I've got to leave. (laughs) They didn't understand what he was doing. And with all that was going on, all the injustice that was happening, all the things that were taking place in Jerusalem and to the Jews by the overbearing, overpowering Romans, the, those from Rome, those from Italy, Caesar. How many times did Jesus organize political protests? How many times did Jesus gather his believers to stand against Caesar? How many times did Jesus picket the problems that were going on Did he go and stand in front of Caesar's palace with picket signs? Did they start destroying Jerusalem and destroying Rome because they were mad? Did they go start burning Rome because they were angry about what Caesar was doing? No. In fact, when Jesus was asked, they tried to trick him. And they said, "Uh, should we really pay taxes unto Caesar? They tried to trick him. He said, show me one of the coins. Whose image is printed on it? Caesar's. Then give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give unto God what belongs to God. (laughs) And people get mad because I talk like that, but Black Lives Matter is doing nothing for black people, if you want to be honest. Nothing. If If you truly loved black people, you wouldn't try to destroy the family. If you truly loved black people, you wouldn't burn down black owned businesses. You'd actually, instead of having political uh, PR moments, you'd actually mourn the, the deaths of black people that are being murdered every day in the south side of Chicago that they say nothing about. It's foolishness. And we get all caught up. You know, I've been watching the videos. You know, the majority of people that are marching in these Black Lives protests, they're angry white people. It's like, what in the world is going on? I've seen black people get online and are angry at what's going on because of what it's turned into. Do we love black people? You better believe it. We love white people, Puerto Ricans, natives. We love everybody. But let me tell you something. I refuse to be conformed because here's the problem. And I'm going to show you this in these three things today. Is that if you don't understand as a Christian that the way to change culture and the way to change lives 
It has nothing to do with protests, has nothing to do with a political system, has everything to do with changing the heart of a man. The reason I don't hate people is because I'm a Christian. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that if you say you love God and you hate your brother, that you're a liar and the love of God's not in you. There's a lot of Christians right now being conformed to the world, being conformed to the culture of the world, being conformed to an antichrist system, being conformed to really something that is not even of God. Behind the scenes, it's evil. They just showed a clip the other day where one of the leaders of Black Lives Matter said that every time a police officer is killed and murdered, they actually complete a ritual. It's a demonic ritual. It's a wicked, wicked group. And you got Christians that don't even understand what they're doing. I don't know if they're not smart enough to see it. They don't care. They're out in the streets marching. They don't, they don't even spend time in the streets winning souls. Somebody told me I pass out tracks. I used to do that. I just tried it. I used to pass out tracks. If you, as if you think that's what winning souls is. I used to put tracks in people's hands. There's people that won't even spend their time winning souls on the street, but they'll march in a Black Lives Matter protest because they don't understand how it works. They don't understand who they are or what they should be doing to make an actual impact in the world. And they've conformed to the image of the world, straight up conformed. Straight up conformed. <laughs> and so Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. People don't even know what the will of God is. <laughs> they don't even know. Do you know, if people thought that battling injustice is God's number one desire, it is not. It's not. It's souls and the winning of souls. That is God's number one desire. Should we help those that are innocent? Yes. Should we help those that are hurting? Yes. But let me tell you something. If number one thing God was after was eliminating injustice, it's all Jesus would have done. It's all Jesus would have done. He is our clear example of what God is, God's will, personified. Read Hebrews chapter one. The Bible said that Jesus is the picture. Let me go there, because I don't think people read their Bible. And I'm gonna just read it to you verbatim. Go to Hebrews chapter one and listen to this. Anything you see Jesus do is the perfect imitation of his father. He actually said that. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. I and the father are one. They picked up stones to stone him for being blasphemous in their eyes. But he was God in the flesh. Listen to this. Hebrews 1, this is speaking of Jesus, verse 3, Jesus, it says he, but it's because it's talking about Jesus, I'm saying Jesus. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact 
imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So stop right there with Hebrews 1.3 and listen to what the Holy Spirit said about Jesus. He is the exact imprint of the nature of God. He is the exact imprint of the nature of God. He doesn't deviate in any way from God's nature. So everything you saw Jesus do on the earth was the exact will of God. You know, if people are stupid enough to be like, well, if God was down on the earth when Jesus was there, he'd have been getting rid of that injustice. No, Jesus is God in the flesh. He said, I'm, Holy Ghost said about him, he's the exact imprint of his nature. And Jesus didn't try to eradicate injustice in Jerusalem. He didn't try it. He didn't march. He didn't picket. He didn't protest. He didn't burn the city down. He didn't tear down statues of Caesar because it offended him. <laughs> he didn't do any of that because that wasn't his mission. And that's not the mission of the body of Christ. And you're being, people are being conformed to the world because they're getting caught up in a political system caught up in an antichrist agenda that people have been lied to to believe that this is what Jesus would do. No, he wouldn't. He was on the earth and didn't do that. <laughs> he was on the earth and didn't do that. So let me give you three things today because this needs to be said and it needs to be preached boldly. You've got to avoid an antichrist culture and enter into a kingdom culture if you're a believer. Through the lens of these three things, you've got to see it. Number one, you've got to learn how to cultivate a will-not-bow attitude. That's number one. A will-not-bow, I will-not-bow attitude. That's the first sign that you're in the midst of a kingdom culture. Doesn't matter what's around you. Doesn't matter what the population's doing. Doesn't matter what the government's saying. Doesn't matter what the news media's doing or saying. Doesn't matter what people around you that call themselves Christians are doing and saying. That you stand on God's instruction and you follow the example of Christ and the apostles with a will not bow attitude. Put it in the, in the comment section. Number one, cultivate a will not bow attitude. I will not bow attitude. And what does that mean? Well, if you go to Daniel chapter three, you'll read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in the midst of their political system, the king builds a statue of himself and gathers all of the inhabitants and says, when you hear the music play, I want you to bow down and worship the image of me, my statue. And you look at this in the midst of this political climate with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men that were pulled out that were the cream of the crop, that the king even showed them favor because they were so much more advanced than the rest of the young men. And the whole, I mean, imagine the whole nation of America 
Imagine the whole nation of America and whatever president you want to put up there, Bush, Bush, Reagan, Obama, Clinton, Trump, whoever, builds a statue of themselves and says, bow down to it when you hear the music play. And imagine seeing 330 million people bow down to their face and worship the image of this president. And then you and two friends are still standing amidst a bowing 330 million. (laughs) And that's a stark contrast, my friend. And they were punished, or it was punishable offense by death. And the king, think about this, if it was anybody else, they'd have just been executed immediately. But the king loved these guys so much, he said, oh, they must not have heard what I said. I mean, he was like giving them benefit of the doubt. You must not have understood the instructions. I was saying, when you hear the music play, bow down and worship me. And they said, I don't care. You can play music all you want. We ain't bowing down to anybody but God. Now think about that. That in the face of death, I ain't bowing to you. I ain't bowing to this culture. I ain't bowing to an anti-God, anti-Christ culture. You can keep it. You can keep it and kill me if you want to. I'll tell you what, they may not kill you in America. I mean, some of them may try to in these riots. They're trying to kill people. But let me tell you, they'll try to kill you socially. Oh, trust me when I preach this today. They'll try to kill you socially. They'll try to cancel you in this cancel culture. If you don't bow down like everybody else is bowing down, if you don't get your little PR moment in, where you do your little BLM dance, dance for us. Put your black square up. Put it on your jersey and put it on the field and take pictures with every black person you ever knew and post them on your social media. They'll try to cancel you and kill you socially and call you a racist if you don't do their little dance and do their little jig. I don't buy it. I call it anti-God and anti-Christ. And I don't have to, and you don't have to, bow to the spirit of this world to still be worthy of being called an anti-racist. I was walking through the airport, and I saw a guy reading a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. If you have to read that book, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot if you have to read that. I wonder how to not be a racist. How about love people, genius? People are dumb, man. Not us. But people with an antichrist spirit, sin makes you stupid. <clears throat> Put it in the comments. Sin makes you stupid. It's just the truth. Sin makes you stupid. And if you have to read a book on how to not be a racist, most likely you're dumb. White fragility, white privilege. I know a lot of black people who are doing far better than I am. It's just, it's, it's a culturally driven stupidity that this is what we have to come down to. You got politicians wearing dashikis and bowing down in, in offices like a bunch of morons. Sin makes you stupid. Makes you stupid. As if we need to apologize for how God created us 
as if God made a mistake. Do you know there's people right now that are white apologizing to people that they were born white? You have no freaking control over that, you moron. Oh, I'm sorry I was white. Sin makes you stupid. Makes you stupid apologizing to people because you're white. Never going to hear me do that. Apologizing to people because you're blessed. You're never going to hear me do that. That's stupid. Anybody that does that is stupid. Can you imagine if the tables were turned and we were trying to ask black people to apologize to people because they were black? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what the news headlines would read, Brother Lonnie, if we were trying to get black people to try to apologize for the color of their skin? Stupid. Imagine if it was Puerto Ricans or Latinos. Imagine if they were trying to get Native Americans to apologize for being Native American. Dumb. Well, you understand, it's just, it's offensive that you're white. Then be offended. God made me this way. Be mad at him. I'm not sad. (laughs) My dad started saying a phrase in his meetings. Makes you laugh. But you know what? If God made you, he didn't make a mistake. My dad started saying, if you're white, you should say white is wonderful. If you're black, you should say black is beautiful. If you're Latino, you should say Latinos are lovely. And he went right through it. Because you're beautiful no matter who you are. You're wonderful no matter who you are. (laughs) It's It's funny to me because it's actually the exact opposite of what Martin Luther King Jr. preached when he was on the earth. We were going to actually be able to judge a man by the content of his character, not by the color of his skin. And now you know what Black Lives Matter doing? Judging people by the color of their skin. The exact thing Martin Luther King Jr. stood against and died for. (laughs) And people are foolish, man. They don't even understand. You know, here's what's funny. Most black people don't understand. Black Lives Matter is, is stepping you backwards by decades decades i like what candace owens said because somebody came at her because she married a white man she said you're so dumb that you don't even understand how many years of freedom and equality it took so that black people could marry white people and white people could marry black people in this country dumb that's exactly right i see the carmona family on youtube they're stepping on mlk is exactly what they're doing all that he fought for, all that he worked for, all that he said, and they're trying to reverse it with an antichrist spirit. Whether you like it or not, Martin Luther King Jr. was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Whatever other issues he may have had, you, all you had to do is listen to him speak, listen to him preach. The power of God was on him to do what he did. People have become so foolish to conform to the image of this world. They're bowing their knee to an antichrist agenda. And I don't really care. People can log off my broadcast. They can block me on social media. They can call me out and put posts up about me. I really don't care. Because I don't, I don't get my affirmation from the praise of men, but from the approval of God. And if God's happy with my life, and if he's happy with my ministry, he's the only one that can promote me anyway. You know, that's an exciting thought. <clears throat> Promotion doesn't come from men, it comes from the Lord. 
Every man could hate you, but if God loves you, you're going to continue to ascend. <laughs> oh, glory to God. That makes me want to dance. I'm going to dance right now. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost. You know why? <clears throat> if everybody hates you and God loves you, you're still going to ascend. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody. You can't cancel what God has put on prime time. <laughs> amen. I said amen. Amen. Can't cancel what God has scheduled. You can't curse what God's blessed. Yeah. It just sin makes people stupid. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so I want you to see this. Number one, you have to cultivate an I will not bow attitude. I didn't post a black square on my Instagram when everybody's blackout Tuesday. I ain't blacking out my Instagram because I'm not stupid. I understand what's behind it. I understand the movement. I know what's going on in America. I'm not unintelligent. I can recognize an antichrist spirit when I see one. Anything that brings division is not of God. I don't believe in black churches. I don't believe in white churches. I don't believe in Puerto Rican churches and Korean churches and Brazilian churches. I believe in Holy Ghost churches. And I was watching a guy today that, you know, just a couple of years ago, he was blowing and going all over this nation on everybody's program, on every television network, and now he's nowhere. Pastor in a tiny little storefront church with only one color of people in it. That ain't Holy Ghost. He said, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. All men. You know what I loved about this revival? Even in the midst of Montana, being here this week, we didn't have a thousand people in this room. We didn't have a thousand. But I looked over the crowd. There were black people here. There were white people here. There were natives here. There were Latinos here. There were people of different cultures. There were elderly people here. There were young people here. There were college age and there were working age and there were children here. You know why? Because when the Holy Ghost is in it, I'll draw all men unto me. Not one kind, all men. Anything that comes and brings division into the body is of the devil, not of God. It's of the devil. Well, I go to a black church. Good for you. Holy Ghost isn't there. I go to a black church. I go to a white church. I've seen white churches where they want the black people to leave. Well, don't you have your church? Go to your church. That's racist. I don't want you in here because you're black. I don't like the color of your skin, so we don't want you worshiping with us. Get saved. I will not bow to a foolish spirit of this world. I will not bow to an antichrist agenda. And I don't care who gets mad about it. There might be pastors that watch this and get angry. So I can't ever work with Brother Ted again. Don't work with me. Don't work with me. If you're offended, I'm not offended. It won't even bother me if you don't. I still love you. But I don't care. I don't care at all. Because I've, I've, I've determined in my heart what the Holy Ghost is doing through the word and what he's not. 
what he's on and what he isn't on. And the Bible says here, don't be conformed to the image of this world. I'm not going to do what the culture's doing. Let me tell you something. If I see godless sinners standing up for it, I ain't standing up for it. If it's a bunch of people that love to kill babies standing up for it, I ain't standing up for it. I'm not doing it. Check this out. How about do your best to try to not support the same causes as people that are literally murderers on a daily basis and support murder <laughs> and support wicked things. I'd like my uh, life to look different than people who are anti-God. Will not bow. Will not bow. <clears throat> I just want you to put it in the comment section. I will not bow. And it takes boldness to not bow. I saw a moment ago when I was talking to Fabiola. Should Fabiola not watch my broadcast because she's Latina and I'm white? Fabiola, are you still on YouTube? Should Fabiola not watch because I'm white and she's Latina? Crazy. I saw TJ Starhill. I think that's how I pronounce I can never pronounce your name. TJ out of West Virginia. Should TJ not watch my broadcast because he's black and I'm white? Should we separate it? Should you, should you go find a black guy that's broadcasting about Jesus, TJ? Should, should Fabiola go find some Latino preacher that's preaching because she's Latina and he's Latino? That's what she should watch? So this is how dumb the things have gotten. Absolutely stupid. Or are we the body of Christ? Or are we one in the family of God? <laughs> what do you think there's going to be? A black, like a black neighborhood in heaven? And then there's going to be like the white neighborhood. And then there's going to be the neighborhood in heaven where the Latinos are, where everybody's drinking horchata. Come on. We're going to have the reservations. We're going to have reservations for the natives in heaven where they like can have casinos. Like, give me a break. It's insane. You're not going to get to heaven and have black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods. Hey, where's your mansion? Oh, I'm, in, I'm down the black section of town. Stupid. We're the body of Christ. We are one in Christ. There's a bunch of people bowing, and I ain't bowing. I hope people block me today. I hope after this broadcast today that I get blocked by a number of people on Instagram, blocked by a number of people on Facebook, people block me on Twitter, I hope people watching this on the live or on the replay get so mad that they remove me from their feed because then I just won't have to listen to the G's anymore. Anti-Christ system. I will not bow. But I can see those of you that love this message because it's the message of God. It's the message of God. God loves all people and he loves all people equally. He doesn't love black people a little bit less, natives a little bit less, white people a little bit more. Does not work that way. And neither should we cater to different uh, uh, people groups because of their skin color, preach to them differently, offer them things differently. No, we give you the gospel. We give you the truth. We work 
to see you saved and delivered and healed and set free. Doesn't matter what color skin you have. Come on. Dumb. And I refuse to be on that level. People can get mad if they want. I'm not going to be on that level. Amen. Nicholas, should you keep listening to this broadcast? Because we're not the same. <laughs> Being crazy. And so, the first thing you've got to see, we cannot bow. Number two, it's not just an I will not bow attitude, but the second thing that defines kingdom culture is a reckless dedication to God. Reckless dedication to God. Why do I say it's a reckless dedication? Because there may be a time that you have to pay for it and you still do it anyway. There may come a time that you'll have to pay for what you live and what you believe, but you still do it anyway. It's reckless dedication. Daniel 6, we go three chapters later, and now there are wicked men in the kingdom. Sounds like 2020. There are wicked men in the kingdom that hate the spirit of God, and they hate Daniel's favor. They hate the fact that he prays to the most high God daily, in public, Went to the same spot every day, threw open the windows and prayed. And so in order to trap Daniel, what did they begin to do? Creating laws to get him killed. To punish godliness. How did they do it? Oh, king, sign this edict that from this day forward, no one in the kingdom can pray to anybody but you, O king. Stroking the king's ego. That sounds pretty good to me. I like that thought. Everybody that prays has to pray to me. Knowing full well that Daniel prays to Jehovah, to Yahweh, on a daily basis. They knew what they were doing. As soon as the king signed it, they would just watch for David to pray to God, or Daniel to pray to God, so they could destroy his life. Hmm. And Daniel knew it got signed. Let me ask you a question. When Daniel knew it got signed, did he go into hiding and pray in some private room? And say, well, you know, right now, this isn't the climate to pray publicly. You know, we just, we're just going to kind of go along with what the government's saying right now because, you know, this isn't the time to really, you know, be reckless in your faith. Now's the time to use wisdom. You know, got to use wisdom. If I heard one more person this year you say use wisdom in the in this context, I was gonna vomit all over their broadcast on my phone. Vomit. Well, you know, we're using wisdom right now. Gotta use wisdom. You know, you use wisdom. When the true wisdom that you have is the word of God. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that your wisdom is higher than God's written word. Just tear all these scriptures out of your Bible. Just rip all of Psalm 91 out of your Bible. Just tear out the story of the Passover. Just rip out where Jesus was protected from harm and danger. Rip out where Jesus was protected in the midst of ministering to lepers. Instead of he, What did Jesus do, Brother Lonnie, when the lepers came out of their colony to get healed? He called the number and turned them into the CDC. 
I'm blown away. You need a reckless dedication to God. Well, good to use wisdom. No, he didn't use wisdom, man's wisdom, natural wisdom. Well, I got a little prayer cloth over cloth, prayer closet over here. I'm just gonna get in there and just use wisdom. I'll, I'll still pray. I'll still pray. Amen. It's not about where we pray, amen. We're the church, amen. It's not about where we gather. Daniel said, I'm going right back to where I've always gone. That's why I thank God for every church that never closed. Going right back to where I've always gone. Government can be mad if they want. <laughs> well, they'll strip, they'll strip our 501c3. They'll strip our church status. Oh, I wonder what churches did before they could have a 501c3. Wonder what churches did before the government recognized your church status. <laughs> Man, I wonder how the church existed for 2,000 years without a 501c3 from the IRS. People don't even think. Man, if they take our 501c3, we won't be able to function as a ministry. Yeah, I know. Jesus really had a hard time functioning in his ministry because he never had a 501c3. You ever read all those problems Paul had when he was traveling to all the churches and really just couldn't get any support because he had, didn't have a 501c3 so they'd get a tax receipt? Remember when Peter and all the apostles were really just struggling because there was no 501c3 for their ministry and they just kind of like, man, we're going to have to run this out of the trunk of our car. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of churches anyway that need to just shut their doors because they're not ch churches anyway. Holy Ghost hadn't been there in 20 years. They don't even want him to move. <laughs> I don't even want him to move. Reckless dedication. Daniel went right back to where he always went, knelt down in public, prayed to the Most High God, and let the men report back to the king. The king was sad because the king loved Daniel. <laughs> and then... Had to go through with what he signed. Had to throw him into the lion's den. Did it matter? No. Because God shut the mouths of the lions. Daniel slept peacefully. And then in the morning, came back to see him. And the king went out early because he loved Daniel and was sad that it ever happened that way. Recognized that he'd been tricked. Daniel, you still alive? Oh, I'm fine, O oh king. No problems down here. Pulled him out. And I love this because God knew some kind of doubting, unbelieving knucklehead would read the Bible and say, well, they didn't eat Daniel because the lions weren't really hungry. They just weren't hungry. So he threw the wicked men in, and the Bible says before they hit the ground, the lions leapt up and broke their bones and ate them till there was nothing left and crapped out their remains in the den. Just to show you, it wasn't that the lions weren't hungry. They were hungry. It's just that they couldn't eat God's man. Come on. I want you to write this in the comments and believe it with all your heart. The devil cannot devour God's people. The devil cannot devour God's people. He goes about as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion, pretends he's one. Seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour everybody. 
He can only devour those that he's allowed to devour. And God's people cannot be devoured by the devil. Put it in the comments. The devil cannot devour God's people. Who does he think he is? This culture ain't going to devour me. The devil's not going to devour me. Antichrist agenda won't devour me. You cannot, you cannot devour God's people. Hallelujah. That's number two. Develop a reckless dedication to God. You think I care? Do you think I care? My uncle had nine officers show up in his parking lot of his church when he wouldn't shut the church down. Like they're going to scare him off. He walked out in his suit and tie after preaching his message and stood them all down in the parking lot. Stood them down. First of all, who do you think you're talking to? Second of all, you're standing on private property that I own. And I love the police department. I don't, I, I'm not with these bunch of numb knuckleheads, numb skulls, stupid idiots that want to defund the police. It's going really good in those cities, isn't it? They're having a great time in those cities, Brother Lonnie, with the police defunded. Great job, team. Really well done. You got chaos in the streets. Morons. You got police that want to help their communities and can't even do it because their hands are tied from the top down from an anti-Christ agenda. Bunch of stupid people screaming in the face of police. It's funny. I was watching a video where a lady was getting angry and she's out there with her sign to fund the police and someone's trying to interview her and disagreeing with her view and staying there, and she's like, get out of my face, leave me alone. And he's like, no, it's a free country, I want to hear what you have to say about defunding the police. And the lady, I mean, you talk about pure hypocrisy. The lady that's holding the defund the police sign calls for an officer to try to get the lady away from her. And she's like, don't you call the police, you're trying to defund the police. People are so dumb, man, so dumb. You better have a reckless dedication to God. But my uncle stood those police officers down in the parking lot. You ain't coming in this church. You're not coming. You don't even have the right to stay on this property unless you go get a warrant signed by a judge. Come over here threatening us with foolishness, straight up foolishness, and stood them down, every last one of them. You better have a John Wayne Christianity. It's time for Christians to not just grow a backbone, but to get some cajones. Pronounced it wrong on purpose, just so people wouldn't be offended. It's time for men of God to stand back up again. Time for women of God to stand back up again. Everybody else is marching through the streets, screaming their belief system. You got BLM protesting, right, writing all over the streets of the city. And then you try to write something else and get arrested. Did you know? And they got overturned, thank God. There was a group, Black Lives Matter was painting with paint Black Lives Matter in the streets of the cities of this nation. And there was a group of people that outside of a Planned Parenthood took just sidewalk chalk and wrote, black unborn babies' lives matter. 
and got arrested for it. What kind of day are we living in? This stuff can happen. People had better grow up into some strength because I'm telling you, we're coming to the end of time and Jesus is coming back and he said, you'll be hated all over the world for my name's sake. You're seeing it. You've been seeing it for 2,000 years and it continues to grow. Wickedness is on the increase, but the Bible says where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And I'm gonna say it plain because I don't care. I honestly don't care. I would preach the same way on this broadcast if two people were on or if a thousand people were on because I don't care. I preach like this if I preach in a church that has 40 people or a church that has 4,000 people. I don't care. He wouldn't talk like that if people were listening. People are listening. And I don't care. I don't care because it's the truth of God's word. So let the chips fall where they may. Let the heathen rage. Let the heathen rage. You've got to live an unapologetic lifestyle. You've got the LGBTQ community marching down the streets, holding $1,000 a plate dinners, doing what they want to do, raising money for their awareness, taking control of Hollywood, taking control of the news media, taking control, and they want to push their agenda down your throat, push pedophilia-driven shows down your throat, normalized pedophilia, which has been going on for decades. It's not a new thing. What about the, what is that, what is that group? NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association. You go listen to that. Well, it's mostly defunct, brother. Let me tell you something. It's still going on. They're still pushing it down your throat. They're trying to normalize pedophilia. People don't know. You better live an unapologetic lifestyle. If pedophiles can try to become normalized and say, hey, I don't care what anybody thinks about us. It's who we are. If the LGBTQ community can do the same, if Black Lives Matter can do the same, if everybody that's walking through the streets screaming their agenda can do the same, why are Christians hiding? Why are we hiding? Why in the world are we hiding? Well, you know, I didn't want to offend anybody. That's a problem. Well, I didn't speak the truth, you know, because I didn't want anybody to be offended. That's a problem. I don't want them to think I'm some crazy crazy. Do you think the LGBTQ community cares if you think they're overboard with what they believe? Do you think that the pedophile community cares if you think they're overboard for what they believe? They don't care. They don't care. They want to be heard. We're loud and proud. Wasn't that the cry? We're loud and proud. Well, there you go. Christians are silent while the world's violent. I'll give you number three. The third thing you've got to develop in kingdom culture is an unadulterated love for people. It's a will-not-bow attitude. It's a reckless dedication to God. And it's number three, an unapologetic and unadulterated love for God's people. People don't know the word unadulterated means. It just simply means not mixed or diluted with any different or extra elements. It's not watered down. 
My love for people is not mixed with some hidden agenda. Well, I love you because I want you to do this for me. I love... Oh, I wouldn't care. If nobody ever gave on this broadcast, if nobody ever sowed a seed, that doesn't matter to me. I'd still preach this broadcast. I'd still preach every single day because I'm, I'm not loving you to manipulate you into supporting this ministry. God supports this ministry. I said God supports this ministry. He's the provider. People aren't the provider. God's the provider. Amen. I love people because... I love people because I'm saved. Not based on the color of their skin or how much money they make or what part of the country they're from or what country they're from. I love people because God loves people and he commanded us to love people. And you better have an unadulterated love for people that's not skewed by what you see in the natural realm. Even, listen, even the LGBTQ community I love every one of those people. I don't hate them. I don't know why we get this, you know, you got some nut job Christians that are out there, you know, with hate in their heart. They're not even Christians. But I don't hate gay people. Why would I? What's the point of me hating them? Why would I hate them? I love people. I love people. I want to see them go to heaven. I want to see them receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would not, I mean, think about how dumb this is. I would not have become a preacher <laughs> to travel the world and preach to people of all different sizes and shapes and colors if I didn't love people. <laughs> it's funny to me. People get in the ministry, like, ministry's wonderful if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> it's like, why did you get in the ministry then? You gotta have a love for people. And that's what we need. Paul said that there's three, there are three elements that last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, love. You know why? Because God is love. That's why it lasts forever, and that's why it's the greatest of the three. God is love. Love is God. If you're not a person who loves people, you ought to check whether or not you're in God. You better check whether or not you're in Christ because the Bible says in 1 John 4, I quoted it on this broadcast, if you say you love God and hate your brother, you are a liar and the love of God's not in you. So if you don't love people, <laughs> I mean, with all the political correctness going on, imagine if we had to change the words to some of the songs we sing. We can't even sing red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. We can't even sing that anymore. That song, the whole song's politically incorrect. Native American, African American, Caucasian. It's like Asian American. You can't even sing the song. There's too many syllables. <laughs> I'm like, come on. I don't even know what Caucasian is. Anglo-American. I don't even know what those things are. I mean, I don't care if somebody calls me white. I'm more pink. I'm more pale pink. That doesn't bother me. You better have a love for God's people. Let me tell you, Jesus showed up in John 11 at Lazarus' house after Lazarus had died. 
And Jesus wept, the Bible says. Wept at their unbelief. He wept at the lack of faith there in the place. I'll tell you, he wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead. Didn't Jesus know that he was about to raise him from the dead? Didn't he just say to the Lord, Father, I thank you that you hear me and you always hear me. I just say it out loud for these people that are listening. He knew he was about to raise Lazarus up. He, didn't, he knew he was going to see him again. Jesus wasn't mourning the loss of Lazarus. You think Jesus was in doubt and unbelief himself? No. He wept because of the state of unbelief and doubt. Hmm. And so you understand without love, without walking in love, you can't even walk in faith because faith works by love. Faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6. You can't be walking in faith if you're not walking in love. Put it in the comments right now. I can't walk in faith if I don't walk in love. I cannot walk in faith if I don't walk in love. It's impossible. Because if you're outside of love, you're outside of God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You're not gonna please a God you're not in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. My faith works by my love. And so I want you to hear this today. Three elements. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I will not bow. I have reckless dedication. I'm never outside of love. Even the things that I've been preaching on this broadcast today. Everything I'm saying is based on love. Because I love people. Magia Bot on YouTube says, take a hit of that vape pen, brother. As if I'd be dumb enough to smoke a vape pen. <laughs> Magia Bot must be smoking a crack pipe. <laughs> but thanks for logging on to the broadcast. Um, thanks to that YouTube algorithm for offering that content up to somebody that doesn't even know who we are. Um, if you're not walking, in the power of God, through love, check yourself. I will not bow. I've got a reckless dedication, and I'll never step outside of love. Never. Never. And I hope you took a minute to share this broadcast today because this is one of the most important things people can hear in 2020. You've got Christians laying down. Christians laying down. I love how Christians ended racism with their black square on Instagram. <laughs> Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, I love how when all those Christians laid on the ground, put their hands behind their back for eight minutes and however, 35 seconds or whatever it was, how they just ended inequality and injustice. Waste of time. Total waste of time. Your time would be better spent as a Christian reading the word and preaching the gospel. But I know that's too basic. That's too basic. That's not fad enough. That's not hip enough. That's not current enough. <laughs> yes, you can replay the broadcast.
Look at this. I just get an, a thing on my, I just got a thing right on my iPad as I'm preaching to you. Do you believe in untruth about the Black Lives Matter movement and not even realize it? We break down seven myths that people need to stop accepting. While I'm preaching on it, it's coming up on uh, literally notifications on my iPad. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Jesus is coming. People aren't ready, and we're focused on the wrong things. We're focused on marches and movements, focused on protests and power, and we're focused on the wrong things while people are going to hell. How many people do you think are going to go to heaven because you marched? Shame on every pastor that marched. That's all I'm saying. Shame on every pastor that marched. And I love you, but shame on you. Using your influence for the wrong things. Get yourself together. Get back in the anointing. Do what Jesus called you to do. It wasn't a march and protest. It's to preach the gospel and see, well, we better minister to people out in the middle. You think giving water to people that are marching is the witness that's going to bring them into the kingdom? Wake up! Well, I'm, I'm showing them the love of God because while they're out there, we got bottles of water with our church name on them. We're giving them to people with the website and they can contact if they need help. Wake up. Wake up and do the work of the Lord. People have gotten bored in their calling. You've had the same church of 50 people for 20 years and you're bored. You're bored with your own calling because you're too lazy to do what Jesus called you to do. Wake up. Shake yourself. And come back into what God's called you to do. I'm calling out to men of God. Downsizing. You got a problem if you're downsizing because God doesn't downsize. We were able to sell our building because it was too much for us and we got now we're meeting in a hotel room. Wake up. Maybe the signs of your diminishing should be enough to show you God's hand isn't on you anymore. Wake up. You think if God's hand was on your ministry and on your life, you'd be diminishing? Think you'd be fading? And I'm saying it in love because Jesus is coming. And you're sitting around trying to, well, I'm getting more into business nowadays. I'm using my, wake up. Either leave the ministry or fast and pray and catch the fire of God in your spirit and get to work. Well, people are dying in your city. You're marching with Black Lives Matter, you fool. You're a fool. You're a fool if you do that. You need to wake up. People are going to hell. You're selling your buildings. You're downsizing. You're going into a hotel room. You're meeting less than once a week now because it's better if we just go to once every two weeks, once a month. No, but no, we're anointed. You know, God's, we've been really feeling a good spirit of His hand's not even on you if you're shrinking. His hand's not on you if you're not moving. If you're not seeing the move of God, if you're not growing, if people aren't being saved, you've missed it somewhere. Go back and look. 
Go back and look. Churches on Redfin, Billion says, being converted into $3 million condos. Shutting down. Wake up. Shake yourself. And come back into the anointing. And I don't normally take these broadcasts to correct, but I'm just going to tell you something. I feel the urgency of the time we're living in, and I see the absolute foolishness of those that have used their ministries to squander their time and to let people die and go to hell because they're, they've become disinterested because they've missed the move of God. They've missed the voice of God somewhere. God's a God of increase. They didn't have any trouble getting the crowds together in the New Testament. They didn't have any trouble having people join the body of Christ in the midst of heavy persecution with the threat of death and torture. What's our excuse in America? What's our excuse in America? We've watered the truth down. We don't even stand for the Bible anymore. You've got people like Andy Stanley that don't even believe the Bible's God's word. The Old Testament doesn't even matter anymore. New Testament, they don't even believe that. Not even meeting together. Give me a break. We've become political puppets instead of men of God. I don't need to be on an advisory board or an advisory team and start watering down. I don't, let me tell you something. I don't need to fast and pray for a vaccine to be discovered. If I'm going to fast and pray for anything, why not just fast and pray for healing? Or that just God blows his breath from heaven and blows virus and sickness out of a nation. It takes just as much faith to do both. Might as well do the one that's biblical. Fasting and praying that a scientist will come up with medicine. Where have we gone? Where's the Pentecostal people? Pastor Kim Gibb in Sarnia, Ontario writes, we just had a pastor here in the city say that God has directed him and the leadership to never have on-site church again. They're entering into a new day and that will be online from now on. They need to get saved. I don't know if they just tore Hebrews chapter 10 out of their Bible or what they've done, but they need to get saved. I thank God for people like Pastor Tim and Kim Gibb in Sarnia, Ontario. Thank God for the Pentecostal people that have not allowed the devil to skew their vision. Wake up. It's a call across America, Canada, and around the world. I'm going to pray at the end of this broadcast. I told you yesterday I've been saying it. I know what Bible prophecy says. I know that the hearts of many will grow cold. I know that there'll be a falling away, but I've made up my mind, as I hope you have, that's not gonna be me in Jesus' name. It's not gonna be me in Jesus' name. I won't grow cold. I'm not falling away. I won't be like the foolish virgins that let their oil run out as they waited for the bridegroom to come. There'll be oil in my lamp.
there'll be oil in my lamp. When I was growing up, we used to sing a song. Give me oil in my lamp and keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp and keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. That's going to be me. I pray that'll be you. My oil's not running out. When the bridegroom returns, he's going to find my lamp burning bright. He's going to find your lamp burning bright. I'm going to pray at the end of this broadcast for every person that's watching, we'll not conform to this world. We'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Somebody just put it in the comments right now. My oil will not run out. The oil speaks of the anointing of God. My oil will not run out. In Jesus' mighty name. My oil will not run out. I'll pray and fast and read his word. My oil will not run out. My oil will not run out. Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for every person watching this broadcast today. Pray for pastors. Pray for their ministries. Pray for the people that are being affected by these ministries. Christians, let us be those that our oil will never run out, that we'll never become disinterested with what God's doing around the world. We'll never become disinterested with the move of the Holy Spirit, that we'll never become disinterested in his word, the eternal and mighty word of the almighty God. Lord, let us never lose a compassion for people. Never let us lose a love for those that are dying. Let us never lose the urgency to see souls saved. Never let us lose the urgency of holiness. Give us a fresh fire in the Holy Ghost in our spirit and our belly to do the work of the Lord. As Jesus said, we've got to work while it's yet day for the night is coming where no man can work. And so I pray, touch your people today. We decide with boldness, we'll never bow to the spirit of this world. We'll never hide the forcefulness of our Christianity. And we'll love people with all of our heart. We have kingdom culture that we've developed and we'll never leave it for an antichrist agenda. In Jesus' mighty name, we love you, Lord. We praise you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Strengthen your people, Lord. Strengthen your pastors. Strengthen their churches. Strengthen their people. Blow souls in from every direction, Lord. See our pastor friends on today. Our pastor friends in Sarnia. They're on Long Island, the McGinnis family. 
blow souls in from every direction into their churches. Let their impact increase. Those that stand for the Holy Ghost that will not water down the truth, bless them. Bless their families. Strengthen your men of God. Give them new rest. Give them new revelation. Give them new open doors. Let finances flood in to their churches. Bless them abundantly in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that the true church of God would arise like never before in 2020. Burn bright. Thank you, Lord, that you declared you would build your church. The gates of hell would not prevail against it. We declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that today, throw some fire in the comments section and let me know you're standing with us. Believing God for increase. Believing God to see souls saved and the kingdom expand. It's the greatest hour for the church that has ever been. Might be getting darker in the world, it's getting brighter for the church. Our path will always increase. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Sister Kim, we love you, and Pastor Tim. Olga, love you, and Kevin. We love our friends and those that are standing for the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Thank you for sowing, Pastor Ryan McDowell. I love you and Rebecca and all that you're doing for the kingdom. Can't wait to see you again. Hallelujah. I just feel the urgency of the Holy Spirit, man. Day we're living in, we can't pretend. We can't pretend. If you're standing with us, I mean, it's going to be week after week of revival. Starting in Evansville on Sunday for a week, going straight to Ohio for a week, going straight to Massachusetts for a week, going to York, Pennsylvania for a week, going to Huntington, Texas for a week. All the information's on the website. I want to see you there. But let me encourage you. If you believe what I believe, if you're standing with me, like I saw Pastor Ryan, thank you for sowing that seed. I want you to take a minute and sow a seed today. Do what the Holy Spirit's press, pressing on your heart to do. God's speaking to his people. It's time to get this gospel out like we never have. I want you to obey the voice of the Lord. We're praying. We're thanking God that partners are coming in. It's been wonderful. But the Lord is speaking to you to partner with this ministry. If he is, you can easily do that. Go to miracleword.com. Click that page on give, set up an account, and whatever the Lord tells you to do on a monthly basis, do it by his own voice and your obedience to that voice. And as you do it, God will bless you. There's people watching now. You feel the urgency of what I feel. It's time to get the message out like never before. So I know you can't all go like I'm going. We're not all supposed to go in the same way that I'm going. But even if you can't go, you can sow. And it pushes the gospel forward. Thank you, Regina. If you're in the U.S., you can use Cash App or Venmo, PayPal. Hashtag donate in the comment, uh, comments for Facebook or Periscope. And thank you. <laughs> I love it when people get angry on YouTube watching from their mom's basement. Like Majia bought. <laughs> he's angry, but he's never logged off the broadcast. 
He's hooked. Maz, you bought from your mom's basement. I want to encourage you to sow a seed into this ministry. Pause your video games. Wipe the Cheetos off your chin. Get your phone and sow a seed. <laughs> Thank you for sowing. We're going to bless you this month. We're going to give you this book by Dr. Bishop Rick Thomas, Speak to the Void. It's our gift to you. For those partnering at $85 or more this month, if you're sowing largely, $1,000 or more, we're going to give you a hard copy of Further Faster as well as the Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible. It's just a gift to say thank you. Thank you, Linda, for sowing a seed. Thank you to everybody that's partnering with us. I can't tell you how happy I am. I can't tell you how happy I am that God's moving like he is. Just to see. Lonnie, hasn't been wonderful? Just to see every night people be in touch by the power of God, delivered, saved. You know that last night, Wednesday night, had the largest altar call for salvation of the week. I don't even know if we got the full count yet. But it was wonderful. I'm going to put the pictures up from the final night today. You'll see all that. All that's a testimony. People are hungry. Jesus is coming. In fact, let me say something. Uh, I was talking to Tiffany yesterday, and we're going to do something we don't normally do, which is we're going to hear shortly at some point, we're going to take that message from Wednesday night when I preached on the end times, and we're going to upload that live message to the podcast so that you guys can hear it. I believe it was a message that needs to be heard by every Christian today. Every Christian. It'll pump urgency into your spirit. It's time to get to work for the Lord. So we're going to put it out for free, obviously. all Everything we release out on the Miracle Word Radio, this, the podcast, it's all free. You get a chance to just listen as much or as little as you want. But we're going to put it up very soon, and you need to hear it. Tick, talk. Tick, talk. Time's running out. Time's running out. God's using you and he's using me. He's going to use us together. Amen. I want to say thank you to everybody that's standing with us. We love you. We pray for you. And God's going to use you in the same way. Be encouraged, especially those of you that are on fire. Be encouraged. This is the greatest opportunity you've ever had to do great things for the Lord. Be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Jimmy McCullough said, we sowed a seed on Thursday last week and our house went under contract to sell for a price everyone said was too high. The Lord does those things. Brother Henry Snyder, thank you for sowing a seed. Appreciate you. It's amazing what God's doing. God's speaking to people right now. I know people are sowing, taking time to sow. On this Friday, before we hit the weekend, sow a seed by faith. Watch what God will do for you. As I said a moment ago, um, starting Sunday, I'm going to be at Connection Church in Evansville, Indiana. Sunday, morning and night, all the way Monday through Friday, every night. It's going to be wonderful. And then... The next week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'll be in Botkins, Ohio. 
and Thursday, Kenton, Ohio, Only Believe Ministries. The next week, we're going to be in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. At Crossroads Community Church, Pastor Brian Tomes, I'll be joining my father there. It's going to be powerful. And then straight on, we're going to be in York, Pennsylvania. We're going to be in Huntington, Texas. Go to our website, miracleword.com. Check the schedule. And then anywhere you can get that's close to where you are, relatively close, jump in a car, jump on a plane. Come be in revival. Watch how God will bless you. It's amazing. It's amazing what God will do for you. I love you guys. Thank you for hanging with me. Thanks for being a part of this broadcast. Thanks for being a part of the Victory Tribe. I couldn't love you more than I do. I love you a lot. Appreciate you hanging with me every single day. We'll be back again. Of course, we'll be live streaming the services on Sunday uh, from Evansville, but we'll be back in the studio again on Monday with broadcasts beginning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We've got a surprise for you next week, some wonderful things going. I love you. Have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful day. I'll talk to you very soon. Later. Thank you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.